following podcast contains coarse language and strong opinions on wine. Seriously, these two have potty mouths and little self-control. Listeners, you've been warned. socially distant separate studios in suburban Chicago. It's another pandemic edition of That Wine Pod. I'm Pete and sitting in his quarantine bunker, the Sultan of Sulfites, Vino Mike. Hello everybody. What's going on out there? Well, dude, it's, you know, another episode, another got to record record a part unfortunately. <laughs> Someday we will be back in studio together. I know I crawl crawl into my my little cave back here where I have a little uh, you know peace and quiet to do this with you and um, it's sad man it's sad it is. but no it's it's uh, you know grateful to do what we can do during during these times and uh, we continue to uh, exercise caution and safety and our health over. Um, recording a silly episode of this silly podcast yeah that's right a, a little <laughs> bit of audio uh, uh sacrifice to you know not get a deadly virus around um so i think that's well worth it <laughs> and you know i i, I popped a, a little bit of, into a glass over here because i i had to have something to sip on while we talked about sulfites as if people couldn't tell by the the nickname the sultan of sulfites over here that's yes. right uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to pop anything for this episode because I don't want to get a headache later. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, so I I, I had to taste some wine for um, you know side gigs anyway. So I I popped open some uh, a Chateauneuf de Pop. Ooh, nice. Yeah, no. Xavier Vignon, two hundred sixteen Cuvée. I don't know how you say it. Anime and an an enemy. A N O N Y M E. I don't know what that means. Uh, anonymous. 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 Well, Xavier Vignon, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome producer. Yeah, makes a ton of different wines and yeah. cuvées from a ton of different regions in the Southern Rhone. So, uh, you know, besides pronouncing the one in that bottle in your studio, it's hard enough getting a grasp on all the wine that this, this guy puts out. He's, um, isn't he like a, like he's one of the more sought after consultants. Oh yeah. Um, in the Rhone, in the Southern Rhone or just Southern, I think, right. I think mostly Southern, uh, Southern Rhone. I mean, but he's to, to say he's prolific would be an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we featured a number of those wines, at uh at vin chicago over the years and they were all very good and then there were some that were like holy shit like they were really exceptional there was some pretty good coterones i remember over the year that were like 14 bucks that were absolutely delicious and worthy of like grabbing a case and, and aging them for uh you know half a decade or something like that so but the chateau Neufs, man those are Pretty nice ones. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, and this this one to me, it's uh, it's it's bordering 
pretty close to um holy shit land i mean this is um this is one hell of a shot enough right here right on right on what was the vintage again 2016 16 great 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 vintage for the Rhone. it is and it it's so unbelievably drinkable now but it's gonna get so much better yeah yeah this is uh this one is kind of a mix of different tanks and barrels uh, but it's it's got all the telltale signs of great Chateauneuf, right? It's got big black fruits. It's got uh, nice spice to it. Uh, it's it's got like uh, minerality, like graphite minerality to mm. it. It's really this is good stuff. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just take a sip here. Yeah, please do. That's uh, that sounds awesome. It definitely makes me. Do wish that we were able to get back together in studio for this for this reason. And um, but you know we had to have a wine open for the show here, and I'm I'm glad you picked this one. He's like a mad scientist when it comes to these barrels and yeah. how he ages the wine, and he'll take a whole barrel and put it in a tank of a different wine, and then the outside of that barrel imparts flavor to the wine it's sitting in but then the wine in the barrel is its own unique thing and it's totally submerged and uh you know anaerobic environment and like it, it's crazy man like what <laughs> yeah that dude's not this, this guy's smoking when he comes up with this stuff but it works really well yeah and i and i love it frankly i mean he reminds me of kind of a french version almost of dave finney yeah right you know oh man dude those two need to get together and see what they can come up with Oh, I, I think the, <laughs> the, the Finney and Xavier show could be, could be pretty special for sure. But I mean, if, if somebody wants to understand like what makes Chateauneuf de Pop so special in Grenache, it's this kind of bottle that can do it because it's so approachable, even this young and it's only going to improve. But it, I mean, this thing is, it's rocking already and it's only four years old and we know it's got a good decade ahead of it to really get into form. Yeah. So kind of fun, but you know, on the label, Mike, it says 15% alcohol. Yeah. So it's a big wine. It also says this term right underneath contains sulfites. Oh man. Oh, dude, you got a wine that has sulfites in it. I did. Uh, you gotta be careful. So what the hell does this mean? Am I okay? (laughs) That's a warning. That's a warning on the label there, Pete. Well, this is the, this is the great the great debate um, that I, I, I think we wanted to sort of address the, the pink sulfite elephant in the room and maybe demystify a little bit of it amongst you and I and anyone that cares to listen to this episode. Um, it can be a little bit of a challenge when you're in the business, whether you're in a restaurant environment, dealing with customers um, and I say dealing, right? <laughs> um, with customers table side, or if you're in a retail store or doing a tasting somewhere and dealing with the, um, timeless and often asked or stated, you know, question or statement, the sulfites give me a headache or I don't feel well after I drink want this wine it must be the sulfites right i think most of the time what i got was i can't drink red wine 
there's too many sulfites. I get a headache from it. Well, let's just start right there. There's actually less wine, less sulfites in red wine than white. If we're talking um, very broadly and very generally on this subject, red wine, first of all, what is sulfur for? It's sulfur dioxide and it's used to preserve the wine. That's what it's used for. And red wine already has a lot of natural preservatives in it with tannin. Um, and so in theory, a producer doesn't need to use as much sulfur on a red wine in order to preserve it than they would need to a white wine, which if you think of a light, delicate, clean white wine, it's a little bit more fragile in nature compared to a red wine. So you might find a little more sulfur there. So to me, that statement is just out the window um, right off the bat about red wines making, you know, having more sulfur or making me feel worse than a white wine. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, we're talking about adding sulfites or sulfur dioxide to the wine for preservation. But it should be known that it's also naturally occurring during fermentation from uh, as a byproduct from the yeast. So yep. there are naturally occurring sulfites within all wine. Not, yep. I mean, it, it, so if a, if a wine says zero sulfites, they literally had to remove. They had to remove that component from the wine chemically. Some somehow, some way, right? Right, and that's that can't be that can't be natural. Right. And the second thing I want to dispel is that sulfites are somehow not natural. They are absolutely natural. They are, it's literally two natural elements, sulfur dioxide. It's no different than H2O, right? It's a naturally occurring substance. It's not made. Uh, it's not some man-made thing in a lab. Uh, it happens, like I said, during, during that time. And it's going to be in the wine and you, for the most part, you, you don't have to worry about it. It does not, for sure, it does not cause headaches. That That's number one. So what does cause a headache? I'm a migraine sufferer. I have been pretty much my whole life. So this is something that I, of course, have definitely studied being into wine and having migraines. I yeah. wanted to know what happens. Well, it's tannins and histamines are closely yes. related. So yes. when a wine does have a lot of tannins, those that are susceptible to, to histamines or already get headaches or are migraine sufferers or something, they may see more uh, of a headache. That's where you're going to get the headache effect. Not to mention that drinking too much alcohol gives you a headache. So typically it's you drink too much. That's, I would say, 80-20 rule. 80% of the time you drank too much, didn't have enough water. That's what I would say for a headache. Yeah, the bigger warning on that label of Xavier Vignon is 15% alcohol. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, compared to uh, sulfites. Now, yeah, you bring up some really good points. And, you know, it, this is a sensitive subject. There may be some listeners that suffer from migraines and feel that come on when they drink red wine more. And I want to be empathetic and compassionate to anyone in discomfort because of this. Um, that really, uh, that just blows to have to, you know, kind of 
live with that, that, that you live with Pete. But, you know, a lot of this does stem more from the tannin, um, and histamines, not the sulfites. The, the whole deal with the, this, the wine contains sulfites on the label. Um, apparently this came about in the mid eighties where there were a lot of complaints out there in, <laughs> in the country or whatever about the, um, the pervasive use of sulfites, uh, with a lot of them coming from, um, you know, the use of sulfites in salad bars, uh, where fruits and vegetables would sit in sulfite baths, um, sulfites in potatoes, um, they, you know, sulfites were linked to, uh, you know, a handful of deaths back then, um, primarily from people that suffered with, a- that suffered from asthma to begin with. And so since like the mid to late 80s, the sulfite warning label has been required by law on all bottles of wine sold in the U.S. that contain 10 parts per million of SO2 or more. Um, so not that's much. not a whole lot. Yeah, that's, that's that's very, very little. Um, boy, I wish I had these these numbers right in front of me. That would have been a good idea for this episode. But, you know, I wanted to sort of compare. I think it's basically something like French fries or dried fruit has somewhere in the realm of 10 times the amount of sulfur as the average bottle of wine. Give or take, um, yeah, it's about a thousand parts per million in dried fruit and in uh, okay. things like French fries, um, and that that's, I mean, that's just an absolutely, and, and, and maybe it's like a hundred, a hundred and fifty for wine, somewhere in there. I think is what yeah, I read. I think the average bottle of red is somewhere one fifty to one sixty, and the average bottle of white is like two hundred to two ten parts per million. So I mean, you're t- five to, you know, eight, nine, ten times. Uh, the amount and and remember when we said that about the the wine that's the bottle of wine, right? Um, yes. So right. getting glasses of it. Right, right. That's the whole bottle. Um, now, as far as you know, people that are allergic to sulfites, yeah, that exists. But it's been estimated that it's about one percent of the U.S. population, and. Um, most of them are likely asthmatic, as I mentioned earlier. So if someone is allergic, they may have reactions like getting hives or having trouble breathing within 30 minutes of sulfite exposure um, and should definitely look out more for something like shrimp or French fries than they should right. a glass of wine. Right. And I mean, a lot of this kind of the the hysteria, like you said, came about because there was news stories around that were linked to some some issues um, where people did have a severe allergy that were asthmatic. And I think they I think it was a salad like salad bars because they were literally spraying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. So too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just spraying mm-hmm. on it. A and, sulfite bath <laughs> for a salad bar. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I get it. Um, and I'm not telling people that you shouldn't look for, you know, less sulfur sulfites if that's what you want to do. But also remember just because like another thing that we hear a lot, well, this wine's natural. So it has less sulfites. Not, not, not true. Right. <laughs> like that's not necessarily true. Um, it can be true, but it's not necessarily true. 
And there are also bottles you could find that are no sulfites added, but there will right. still say contain sulfites on the label because 10 parts per million is very, very low when you have to ferment the grapes. I mean, something has to happen to make it alcohol. And one of those byproducts is SO2. Right. So, you know, I think that you just need to relax about this whole part of the label, um, you know, as a wine consumer, not get caught up in the sulfites part to this. And most of the wine that you're going to be drinking in the more premium and fine wine category, if you will, is going to have less sulfur than the grocery store mass-produced wines that I, I don't think a whole lot of our listeners, you know, sure, probably on occasion we all might, you know, pick something up like that and have some of that around. But I think most of us are a little bit more adventurous and buying from smaller producers. And these producers are trying to make the best wine that they possibly can. They don't want to put out anything flawed. They're hopefully not making a super manipulated wine in the winery that requires a lot of sulfur on top of it to keep everything really stable. But, um, you know, the bottom line is, all these wines from the nerdiest biodynamic producer to the mass produced grocery store wines, they really need and deserve sulfur at some level. Yeah. And, and if you are going to drink wines that are no sulfites added, uh, please drink them young because there's a reason yeah. that these are uh, that, that preservative also means that it's, I don't want to get too technical, but it's also going to mean that it's antimicrobial. So yes, you're, you're going to get acetic acid very quickly in wines that don't have enough sulfites added. And, and that's what makes vinegar vinegar. So yeah. if you're going to have something that doesn't have that sulfite added to it, then just understand you better drink it young. You better drink it quick or it, it will turn to vinegar fairly quickly. Whether that's a year or six years, I, I can't tell you off the top of my head on any wine, but just understand that you don't want your wine turning to vinegar when you go to drink it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and the other thing I want to I want to make clear, people often ask, and I think this is somewhat related here, you know, hey, is this wine any good? And mm. it, like an older wine, open it and find out. There's nothing mm -hmm. in that, as long as you're not allergic, there's nothing in that wine that's going to kill you. These are naturally occurring substances that mm -hmm. cause no harm for the most part, unless you are this very, very tiny percentage. And my guess is you already know that, so you'd be avoiding it anyway. But the, yeah. the, the fact is that these are not harmful, they're natural, so go ahead and try it. If it doesn't taste good, don't drink it. Go to the next bottle. And they protect against the things like bacteria, right? Absolutely. And, and things that are more harmful for you. The sulfur, sulfur dioxide is actually a very good thing. It's actually your friends. And it's just a stupid law. And I say stupid because I think, you know, things were just probably stupid back then in the 80s, how they were handling things with salad bars and whatever. Um, I, I can't imagine this really needing to be a requirement today anymore, although it's they're on there. And it's a U.S. law. And, you know, what's interesting, 
I think I was, I forget the article I was reading, but like a producer in Europe, a certain, a specific producer was saying that they make an organic wine, but then when it goes to the U.S. market, they are not allowed to call it organic because of the sulfur that's used. And I, I just find that I find that really strange, man. I found yeah, that I, really I, strange and really hard to believe because that's just basically saying that. And I think I really do believe this. This th- what what they're probably talking about is getting the USDA organic stamp on the label of wine, and that's something that you truly don't see very often. Um, Salchetto, a producer of Vino Nobile, they make a Vino Nobile that does qualify to get the USDA organic stamp on the label, and it is completely unsulfured, zero sulfur added. And that thing is the most, that was the most, like, one of the most disgusting wines I've ever tasted. I don't know why he makes it, because his other wines are just tremendous and awesome, so I don't really understand the point. But there's this difference between getting USDA organic and just being organically farmed grapes. Yeah, I, those are. I can't believe it has anything to do with sulfites, though. Um, I think the, he may have gotten some kind of pesticide or some sort of pest treatment mixed up. Maybe that was a language thing. I, I, I've never heard of that in all my years. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not true. I'm just saying I find that really hard to believe. Or he maybe he got the one USDA person who misinterpreted. Um, that. It, <laughs> it is natural. You got to add sulfur sulfites. I mean, you just you have to. Like, there's all kinds of USDA certified organic things that have sulfites in them, um, including wine. So, I mean, I wouldn't want that because of all the regulations that you got to go through and then you got to pay. And I mean, is it, that's the problem with the certifications. Like I, I'm not even sure I can justify if I was a vintner, I'm not sure I could justify, you know, falling within that. But I mean, I sure hope that's not true, but maybe it is. And, and then they gotta, they gotta fix that. Cause that's crazy. And I've had that wine too, and it's not good, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so, so dude, while you were just talking, I found the article and it, it's actually um, Kim Crawford and not Kim Crawford, the wine that everybody knows and loves and enjoys, but the actual person, the man, Kim Crawford, his new, it's not really new anymore, but his love block wines, uh. they're, they're, they can be called organic in New Zealand but he hits the wine with sulfur dioxide. He, no, not the wine. He hits the Sauvignon Blanc, the grapes. That was the part that I that I forgot. He hits the grapes with sulfur dioxide when they come in from the vineyard. Um, what he says is that keeps the wine from turning brown. But because he does that, he is disallowed to putting organic grapes on the label in the United States. Oh, so if he did it with the in the finished wine, it's probably fine, but not yeah. on the grapes itself. Yeah, that's very interesting that I could understand yep. more. I mean, I'm not necessarily agreeing. I just can understand now like kind yeah. of what that is. That's crazy. Dude, the whole wine business is just it like it is not black and white. It's very gray in every single sector that you can possibly think of. There are rules and regulations in place, but um, you can go on both sides of that line, you know, Who's to say that every single bottle that you see that says organic grapes is made truly organic, right? Yeah, there's um, there's no way to know. It, it's it's impossible, right? So, um, and then you have all these, you know, you can go to New Zealand 
and drink your love block and be like, I'm drinking organic wine, but then come to the United States and have the same wine and it's not organic wine. Like how, how is that possible? Right. You know, when we're talking about something that's somewhat scientific. Right. Well, I mean, in the end, I, I hope that we will at least laid out the case that sulfites aren't necessarily the evil, uh, overseer of that. That's of headaches that some people think they, they are. Cause that's literally not true. If you tell me you get a headache from sulfites, I'm telling you it's not true. That that's been dispelled. You, you would if you had an allergy, you'd know it, and yeah. it's you'd probably have asthma, and hopefully you'd be avoiding everything else that has much more sulfites in it than than necessary. But it's something that we wanted to address because it's so prevalent in the wine world, especially in retail. Um, I'm sure it comes up in restaurants here or there. But in retail, it is a con. It's if it if I I didn't I can tell you I never went one week without somebody bringing this up, and it's a it's a delicate dance for us because I'm not going to give anybody medical advice, and we're not doing that here. If you think you have an allergy, don't drink it. But the fact of the matter is, if you think it's giving you a headache, it's not. That, yeah. That's it. And it is a delicate dance, and we really don't want to, uh, you know insult anybody or, or, you know, talk down to anyone or make anyone feel, um, you know, below us. So, oh, I you know, a lot. <laughs> a lot I got to get through the day somehow. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the times when a customer came in and I was working with them and they would say, oh, that gives me headaches then I would use that as an opportunity. First of all, you can try to read the person. Can you have this conversation? Is this someone that you can say, sorry, it's not the sulfites and here's why. And they go, oh, wow, cool. I didn't know that. Or they think you're full of shit and they're just going to keep going on and believing what they believe. But it was an opportunity for me to like kind of turn them on to some of the producers that I love that I know farm more naturally and, um, you know, whether that's biodynamics or organic farming, um, you know, smaller production wines. And I would say these producers tend to use less sulfur than some of those other wines that you're, that are giving you headaches. They're doing that because they don't need as much sulfur. The, the, the wine itself is a lot healthier to begin with. And, you know, a, a little bit of sulfur will go a long way. They don't need to douse it in sulfur in order to keep this Coca-Cola flavor or style that you might get out of um i'm i'm just gonna guess there's a a lot more sulfur there in mayomi than in uh you know a small single vineyard oregon pinot noir from a biodynamic producer it may or may not be true um because it depends on what they want done with their wine right like the younger you want your wine drunk the less sulfur you can put in there because people should be downing it my guess is Mayomi consuming it right away all that much I just think because of the, like the sheer volume that, and this is now we're talking constellation brands, right? This is no longer the Mayomi of the old days that, that, you know, the Wagner family that built this brand up. So the production, I, I don't have those numbers, but I'm sure it's a lot larger now than what it used to be when it first started. And I'm just thinking that with that size of production, you're going to take a little more precaution to keep it stable and preserve the wine then then roll that dice but anyway it's a good yeah, debate i don't know I, for I sure mean, i guess I, taking a stab in the dark yeah i mean in the absence of 
of data, I, I have no idea, right? I'm just saying, like, I, I could make an argument either way. Um, and that's a great point. Like, Naomi is not made to sit around and put in the cellar and drink verticals of it with your friends down the road. Plus, it's a, plus it's, it's a screw cap. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know what the difference is, you know, on, with screw cap wines versus wines that are under cork. I mean, I have no idea. But those are interesting questions. We just... We didn't do the research around that. I didn't, you know, yeah. like we were more on like the headache and health side um, yeah, no. for this. But this, this I mean, is I like seg- segueing into, uh, you know, wines that grind my gears. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, new segment. <laughs> and that's also, you know, there's also like what, you know, at least 10 different grape varieties that make up Naomi. At so, least, at least. Um, it's it's not Pinot, all Pinot Noir people. No. Um, plenty of Bonarda. That's what I'm going with. So. Well, that was it for me, man. You got anything else you want to add before we, before <laughs> like sulfites? Oh man. I add, don't know. Add like just... sulfites. That's gotta be a lyric somewhere, right? <laughs> this, uh, this conversation starting to give me a headache, man. I don't know. <laughs> this must be some, that's just some talking to me, Mike. That's just talking podcast. to me. It happens. <laughs> no, this was, this was cool. I think it was a fun and, um, you know, kind of, kind of a, uh, a lighthearted and easygoing episode, uh, to use the, the podcast as a way to hopefully get some information out there, some factual information to, to maybe get some people off of the, so, you know, if you're listening and, you know, your aunt or your sister or someone, you know, is always complaining about sulfites forward them this episode and uh have them hit us up with any questions we'd be happy to uh point point some data their way on this perfect man all right i think that's a good place to end it remember life is short drink what you like tonight thank you for listening to that wine pod connect with us on instagram and twitter at at that wine pod and we are that wine podcast on facebook also check out mike on instagram at vino mike and pete is at Fat Man Stories. Please subscribe to That Wine Pod on your favorite podcast app and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. The music is Proto Funk by Kevin McLeod. That Wine Pod is a production of Paragon Media. <laughs>